welcome to Aging Disgracefully, a weekly oddcast of seriously funny and sometimes pretty raunchy monologues. I'm Carolyn Meyer, and have I got a story for you. Stay with me for episode number 32, Directions for Aging Disgracefully. A silver-haired woman walks into a bar, and the bartender asks, What can I get for you, young lady? And the silver-haired woman says, I'll have a glass of red wine, if you know, if you've got it, and don't call me young lady, sonny boy. I'm as pissed off as I sound. Bartenders, waiters, security guards, even doctors do not call a 25-year-old young lady but they call a woman who is obviously not young, young lady. They think it's flattery. Well, it's not. Because of my silver hair, they have expectations of me, and they make a little joke of it. They deny the wholeness of who I am. I haven't been a young lady since Richard Nixon was president. One day I go to see a new primary care doctor, a woman in her 50s, and she glances at my chart as she comes through the door and greets me with, how are you today, young lady? I say, I'm fine, thank you, but please don't call me young lady. My name is on the chart. And the doctor says, oh, I think women get better and better as they get older, and men, (laughs) they just get older. Good morning, young lady, says the security guard at the building I pass every morning. I know I should smile and just keep on going, but I don't. Don't call me young lady, I tell him. He shrugs. Age is just a number, he assures me. But age is not just a number. Age is the number that means you're old enough to drive, to drink buy cigarettes, vote, marry without parental consent, to retire, to collect Social Security, sign up for Medicare. It's also the number that matters most on an online dating profile. You are judged by it before you ever meet for coffee. People say all kinds of things to silver-haired women and men. Ah, you're young at heart. Age is just a state of mind. You're as young as you feel. Whatever you're doing, it's keeping you young. Bullshit. All of it. What you just heard is the opening scene of Don't Call Me Young Lady, a one-woman show I performed a couple of years ago here in Albuquerque and went on to perform in New York City at a solo festival a few months later. But that's not the beginning of my career as a comedian slash storyteller and my love of being in front of an audience. During my senior year of high school, I have a part in the senior play. Daisy May, based on the old Little Abner cartoon, I wear shorts and a bridal veil and I carry a bouquet of flowers and surrounded by hillbillies armed with shotguns, I sing. I've been waiting at the church for my man to come along. Now here I wait. He's five days late. Where's the man that done me wrong? And then I grab a shotgun and run up the aisle barefoot in pursuit of my faithless lover. 
I don't think my mother quite realized what kind of part I was going to play, and she is appalled. She sees it as an omen, a portent of what might lie ahead, and she tells me again and again, the worst thing a girl can do to her mother is get pregnant. I leave it to you to consider what may have taken place a few years later. But eventually, after a marriage and three children, I begin a career as a writer and settling at last on writing books for young teenagers. I'm good enough at it that I am invited to visit schools and to talk to middle school, junior high school kids about writing, about doing research, about dealing with picky editors, about rewriting and rewriting. I quickly learn that the best way to catch and hold the attention of an audience of 12 and 13 year olds is to be funny or at least not too serious. And it works. The boys in particular think I'm hilarious. I do this for a long, long time, during which my life gets pretty messy. There are a divorce and a remarriage and another divorce and a long period alone, but finally I do find the right man and I'm married for a long, long time. Then life pulls one of those switcheroos and my husband dies and I find myself alone again at the age of 80. One night I go down to the ground floor of my apartment building to The Box, a small theater where improv comedy shows are performed on weekends. And I've always been fascinated with improv and how a couple of people can take a couple of random clues thrown at them by the audience and somehow make a really funny skit out of them. I love these performances and I become a regular at The Box. I notice a blackboard with a schedule of improv acting classes being offered, and I make a flying leap outside my comfort zone of sedate introversion and sign up for beginning improv. I immediately start to regret it, but it's too late to back out, and I've already paid the fee. When I meet the instructor and the other students at that first class, regret turns to panic. I am the oldest kid in the room, probably older than their grandparents. I am going to look like an idiot. As it turns out, the biggest challenge is not the age gap, but the experience gap. The other students grew up listening to different music, dancing to different tunes, watching different TV shows, living through different political eras. They barely remember 9-11, and I remember Pearl Harbor. But off I go, and I get over myself eventually, and stop worrying about looking ridiculous, and start enjoying the process. At the end of the course, all the classes from beginning to advanced will perform for an audience composed mostly of friends and family. I am a nervous wreck. I am no good at this. I tell myself that I'm under no obligation. I don't have to perform if I don't want to. They can't force me. I can simply say no. But will I be letting the other kids down if I back out now? I have to go through with it. I am an anxiety-ridden mess the day of the performance. But then I'm backstage with the others and we go through a little ritual saying, I've got your back, I've got your back, to each other with a hug or a back slap. And then waiting, waiting anxiously for our cue to step out on the stage, blinded by all those lights. I can hear the audience, but I can't see them. Somehow I manage to do whatever it is I'm supposed to do and the audience laughs. 
And later when it's over, I think, hey, I really liked hearing the audience laugh and whatever it was I said. I am hooked. I register for the intermediate improv class and then advanced. I take extra workshops. Meanwhile, just to keep life interesting, I sign up with an online dating site and now I really have stepped outside my comfort zone. When I stop by the local tailor shop with a pair of pants to fix, Jaime, the owner, tells me about the lion dog. Once a month at a local cafe, three people tell 10-minute stories. Two are telling the truth, and one is telling a very convincing lie. And it's up to the audience to try to figure out which are true and which storyteller is the liar. I auditioned to be in the show. First time I've ever auditioned for anything. And I'm accepted. A few weeks later, I'm standing at the mic at the lion dog telling a story that is totally fabricated. And the audience buys my story as truth. Even some people who know me pretty well. A few months later, the guys who put together the lion dog launch a new idea. The Dirty Liars Game this time at a local bar. My newfound tendency to go blue has a new outlet. I love it, and so does the audience, and I become a regular. Someone suggests I try doing stand-up at a pub in my neighborhood, and I play against type, an L.L. Bean-style old lady with silvery hair and the demeanor of a Sunday school teacher who tells tales about shopping for a vibrator buying condoms, taking a class in blowjobs. I get plenty of inspiration from my adventures in online dating. After a couple of years, I put together a solo show. Don't call me young lady. The show opens with this line. A silver-haired woman walks into a bar, and the bartender says, what can I get for you, young lady? The same lines with which this podcast opened. Show after show sells out. I write another show. The old white lady tells it. The making and unmaking of a racist. That one opens in the spring of 2020, gets good reviews, and then shuts down as COVID shuts down the country. In my school days, I was a high achiever who couldn't bear to fail, a trait that followed me all through life. But as an octogenarian, I've learned not to be afraid I'll be less than the best at something. I've become a risk taker, even if it means I might fall flat on my face. So the question is, what to do after COVID put an end to my live performances? Launch a podcast, of course. I've never actually listened to a podcast when this inspiration strikes. And I have no idea how to go about creating one. But I start listening to others, find people who know how to produce podcasts, and the ideas start to flow. I give the ideas a title, Aging Disgracefully. Conventional podcasts seem to involve at least two speakers, and mine will be a solo show. So let's call it an oddcast. It's not conventional. It just is what it is. Episode one, young lady seeks younger man, 
debuts December 1st, 2020. The plan is to release a new episode every Tuesday. After six episodes, a second speaker is introduced, a character I created when I was doing stand-up. Lusty Banger, retired porn star. Lusty continues to appear every seventh episode, and when Aging Disgracefully launches videos on YouTube at Funny Carolyn, Lusty Banger, the personification of my own personal id, shows up with a blonde wig and a red feather boa and a god-awful accent that must have originated somewhere like West Texas. And that brings me back to where I started, getting pissed off when I'm called young lady. Aging Disgracefully, the oddcast, is now in its eighth month, and if you've been with me since the beginning, thank you. I hope you enjoy listening to my tales as much as I enjoy telling them, and I hope you tell your friends about them, and they become subscribers and pass the word on to their friends. Remember, you can read this and other stories on my blog at funnycarolyn.com. Watch the video on YouTube and come back next week for episode number 33, My New Life as an Old Lady. I'm Carolyn Meyer, and I'm still aging disgracefully. <laughs>